Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Moses and Elijah, no other Old Testament personage, no one in the Old Testament ever saw Moses after he died. After God presided over his funeral and buried him on the mountain, no one ever saw Elijah the prophet after that chariot whisked him up into the heavens. Here's Peter, James, and John seeing these Old Testament leaders. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus revealed his glory on the top of the mountain of transfiguration to Peter, James, and John. Pastor Ed teaches us today that there are holy, set apart moments in the lives of believers that can help sustain us and give us strength. However, just like Jesus and the other three men on the top of the mountain had to leave that place, we too have to eventually descend the holy hill to rejoin the fray below. We cannot make the mistake of wanting to stay in that holy moment or place forever. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, Prayer Mountain. saw God in a way they hadn't seen him before. There they saw Jesus in the way they hadn't seen him before. Uh, they had come progressively to know Jesus' power. Uh, they saw Jesus as the one who could calm the storm on the sea. They saw him as the one who could multiply bread and fish and feed a multitude. Uh, they saw him as the one with power over death to raise the dead. And now, on this Mount of Transfiguration, they were going to see Jesus' glory. Through the veil of flesh, his deity shone through. They saw his pre-incarnate glory before he came to the earth. He, at that moment, the glimpse of his glory just was revealed to them. They saw his face shining as the sun, his garments glittering uh, just with brightness, brighter than snow, one of the gospel writers tells us. This story is recorded in Mark and Matthew and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels. In that moment, they saw Jesus in the way they hadn't seen him. That's what happens when you spend time in prayer, when you spend time with God. That doesn't happen every time you close the door to your prayer closet and get alone with God. Sometimes it's like praying and you feel like your prayers don't get any higher than the ceiling. Uh, but consistently you do it, persistently you do it. And as you develop that discipline, there will be times of visitations. And here the disciples were. Peter and John and James and they saw his glory. They saw Jesus in a way they had never seen him before. In the book of Daniel chapter 7 verse 13 it says as my vision continued that night I saw someone who looked like a man coming with the clouds of heaven. 
He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, royal power over all the nations of the world so that every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. See, they saw Jesus transform. This was a transformation. Jesus in the midst was transformed before them. And and I tell you that some of the greatest places of transformation in your life will be in the place of prayer. In that place of communion with God where God will speak to you and you will be changed from the inside out. Something else happened there, a conversation. Not only was there transformation, but a conversation. Two men, Moses and Elijah. Why Moses and Elijah? Why these two men? Why not Abraham? Why not David? Well, I think because Moses was the giver of the law. And I could picture a conversation going on between Jesus and Moses. Moses said, I gave the law, but the law was only a schoolmaster. It brought people to the place that they realized they needed the lamb. And so they would look at the lamb sacrificed on the altar. And Jesus, you're the lamb of God. You're going to Jerusalem to sacrifice yourself for your people. And then I could imagine him saying, I remember, Lord Jesus, when I struck the rock in the wilderness and water gushed out of it and supplied the needs of the people. You're the rock. And when you're smitten, it's going to be as the water of life is given to those that are thirsty. And I could picture Moses saying, I I know what it is to be rejected by my own people and to have people murmur and complain. I understand it. Moses also had been in the mount with God and his Hunger was for the glory of God. Elijah had experienced that as well. There in the mount, he heard the still, small voice of God, and God spoke to him. And here, Moses, the giver of the law, and Elijah, uh, the Jews considered him the greatest of the prophets. There Elijah is. He says, Lord, I remember on Mount Carmel, I called fire down from heaven. I thought... The whole nation would repent after the prophets of Baal were slain. But Jezebel sought my life. Don't be disappointed, Jesus. I know. I know what it is to be rejected. I know. And you're going to Jerusalem. But your father's going to be there with you. And I can picture them encouraging him because the Bible tells us, you know, they had a conversation. It tells us what they talked about. They talked about his departure in Jerusalem. And really, it was this exodus. You could translate it that way. His exodus. He was going to lead an exodus in Jerusalem. They were confirming to Jesus what Jesus had told his disciples, what the Father had told him. They were confirming to him that he was going to give his life a ransom for men's souls, to redeem men. And here, as they began to talk about his departure, his exodus, Jesus, I led an exodus to the Red Sea and all the Israelites 
walked on dry land. Elijah says, you know, I, I had a departure in that wonderful chariot of fire. But you, uh, you're going to lead an exodus of people that are right now bound in that area called paradise. And when you die, and a third day when you are raised from the dead, there's going to be a mass resurrection in Jerusalem. There are going to be souls freed from this Old Testament period, and they're going to have an exodus into heaven. And that happened on the day that Jesus died and the, re- the veil was rent in two. The Bible says that the graves are opened. When Jesus rose from the dead, he was encouraged. That's what happens when you have revelation. When you accept the invitation, you'll have a revelation that will strengthen you for the journey. It will strengthen you to go forward with God. They confirmed him the father's will when you get alone with God you have to listen to God you have to listen to God it's not just talking it's listening how would you have felt if you were Peter Peter had foot and mouth disease always putting his foot into his mouth I mean he never lacked for words he could think of something to say and here he is saying something Uh, I, I guess we ought not be too hard on him but God wanted to speak in the language of events and sometimes he does that do you listen to him events that transpire things that come into our life Sometimes we have to just sit and listen and say, God, what are you saying? It was a holy moment on that mountain. Could you imagine seeing Moses and Elijah? No other Old Testament personage, no one in the Old Testament ever saw Moses after he died. After God presided over his funeral and buried him on the mountain, no one ever saw Elijah the prophet after that chariot whisked him up into the heavens. Here's Peter, James, and John seeing these Old Testament leaders, these giants of the faith. What a holy moment. Look at the text with me. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake... They saw the glory, his glory, and two men standing with him. As the men were leaving, Peter said to to him, Master, it's good for us to be here. That's the understatement of the scriptures. It's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, for Moses, and one for Elijah. And the biblical author Luke puts a commentary here. He did not know what he was saying. What Peter wanted to do is what often what you and I want to do. We want to freeze the moment. We just want to put it into still mode and and keep it. Peter made a common mistake. First of all, what he was doing at that moment was he was putting Jesus on the level of Moses and Elijah. And God was going to correct him and we'll come to that in a moment. But Peter wanted to live in the moment rather than from the moment. 
See, Peter wanted to live in the moment rather than from the moment. God gives us holy encounters, experiences with him, not so that we can stay on the mountain, but that we could use it in the valley. He wanted to memorialize the moment. Let's build three shelters here. It's good for us to be here. We're not called to get stuck in the past. Now, sometimes people do that. They get stuck in the past. Now, could you picture this? Peter and John and James coming down. Boy, what an experience. Moses and Elijah and and Jesus. And we saw Jesus in his glory. And all they did was go back there. No, they had to go forward. When you live from the moment, it prepares you for the future. It prepares you to achieve your goals. It prepares you to achieve the purposes that God has for your life. See, God was preparing Peter, James, and John for the crisis of faith that they would experience when Jesus would be crucified, rejected. Sometimes we're constantly looking for a bigger high. Now, could you imagine that? Peter, James, and John. Now, they didn't tell anybody else, but they come down from the mountain. Boy, wasn't that great. What's the next mountain going to be like? Well, that was Calvary. Sometimes church consists of people looking for a high, an emotional experience. Now, don't get me wrong. They're there at times. But that's not where we live. Uh, don't be like those Christians that are constantly searching for an emotional experience. And if they have that emotional experience, that becomes church to them. Sometimes um, what happens is we look back to those moments and we want to just memorialize them and keep them and measure everything by them. No, they were meant to prepare you to reach your goal. They were meant to prepare you to achieve God's purposes in your life. They were meant to strengthen you for the journey. There's a quote that I'd like to read. It says, The experiential component is not the focus of the worship. It's only one indicator of the worship's personal involvement. That's really good. Sometimes we come in and the focus is I want to get a high. Sounds like an addict to me. Sometimes God wants you just to be very peaceful and calm and he wants to speak in a still, small voice. Other times he'll shake the church and you will see uh, incredible things. Other times he's saying, I want you to walk simply by faith, even though the feelings aren't there. Uh, That's what God is doing right now in Peter's life, in John's life, uh, in James's life. He's preparing them. He's preparing them. Our experiences are to inspire us to face tomorrow. They become anchors to the soul. Yeah, I met him. I saw his glory. 
I know who he is. I may not understand what's happening now, but I know his promises is true. Things don't make sense to me today, but I know that I know that I know that he's my redeemer and that he lives. And that's an anchor to your soul. It keeps you when life turns upside down and when situations just tumble over and you feel like everything underneath you is shaking but you know because you've met God see that's what that holy moment is for it's not to somehow make a shrine out of and constantly go back in a bad way but it's to propel you into the future so that you could serve God don't be the type of amen Don't be the type of Christian that merely lives in some past experience. You know, do you ever wonder why Peter, in Acts chapter 4, could stand before the religious leaders and he could say with such boldness and strength, there's no other name whereby men must be saved. Jesus is the only name. Uh, God had spoken on that mount to him and said, this is my son, listen to him. He knew Moses was important. He knew Elijah was important. But Jesus superseded Moses and Elijah. Uh, Why could Peter in Acts chapter 12 sleep while they were planning his execution? Even as they were praying in the prayer meeting and God sent an angel, the angel had to wake Peter up. Peter, get up. Peter wasn't worrying. He figured if an exit time was now, if his death was now, he'd go on the other side and see Jesus and Moses and Elijah. He had a glimpse of glory. He had a glimpse of what was ahead. If you read in 2 Peter chapter 1, he's talking about his departure. He's talking about being crucified. His death was just a few short days away. Listen to what he says in 2 Peter chapter 1. When we apostles told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we didn't base our message on clever myths that we made up. Rather, we witnessed his majesty with our own eyes. For example, we were eyewitnesses when he received honor and glory from God the Father. And when the voice of our majestic God spoke these words to him, this is my son in whom I, love, whom I love and whom I delight. We heard that voice speak to him from heaven when we were with him on that holy mountain. He's referring to the Mount of Transfiguration. Decades later, he remembered that holy moment and it gave him strength as he faced his death ahead. God gives us those holy moments so that we could face tomorrow. Now, God has the last word here. Listen to what the text says. God interrupts this this cloud representing the Shekinah glory, and the Gospels tell us that these men are fearful. All of a sudden, God's voice thunders from heaven. This is my son. Listen to him. What had Jesus been saying? Well, if you look at chapter 16, here's some of the things that Jesus was saying. In chapter 9, verse 22, 
The Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders. Peter, a moment earlier, said, no, 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 not the cross for you. He's like a lot of people, like a lot of preachers. No, no, not the cross for you. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for you and there's a cross for me. Look at the text. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Jesus emphasized that there's a cross for you and for me in those following verses. We're called to suffer. I know it doesn't fit into the theology of much of the church today, but it's in the book. It's in Jesus' teachings. And the Father put his stamp of approval. Listen to him. Are you listening? Oh God, I want everything easy and smooth. God, I don't like these trials. Look at the master. Look at the path. Look at the Via Della Rosa. Look where he had to walk. He calls you, he calls me to take up our cross and follow him. And then he goes on to say in Luke 26, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words... The Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory. The Father said, listen to him, listen to him, listen to him. When we go into that holy mountain of communion, God the Father is going to speak. And it's not always going to be easy things. It's not always going to be palatable things to our fleshly nature. Uh, Sometimes he's going to tell us hard things, but they're always the best things, and they're always the wisest things, and they're always for our good. I think of the words of Martin Luther King Jr., who said, The end of life is not to achieve pleasure and avoid pain. The end of life is to do the will of God. Come what may the end of life that's what we're here for on a journey it's on that mountain that God strengthens you for the journey and helps you fulfill your God given purpose do you hear the invitation it's coming with your name the enemy would like to get you busy that you could miss the time on the mountain? If they had kept their eyes closed on the mountain, they would have missed that glorious transfiguration. Don't close your eyes to the invitation. He's calling. Because in that invitation is a revelation. You're going to see Jesus. You're going to be encouraged. Jesus was strengthened. The disciples were strengthened. You need strength for the journey, and that comes when you listen to God in those holy moments. And then you hear Him speak. And when He speaks, it's strength for your soul. Your strength 
is your relationship to God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching through the Gospel of Luke. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God, right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores.